0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you very much for clicking on this episode. If you checked out anything before as well of the podcast, again, it is so, so appreciated. So thank you very much for doing so. Uh, You may have noticed that my voice is sounding a little bit better. I think on the last podcast that I did, I was still kind of nursing and on the mend from a bit of a cold that I've had. Uh, But yes, feeling much better today. So hopefully it sounds clearer and not a bit too bunged up. But thank you. Thank you again for clicking on Joe Blogs About Films. This podcast is available on Google, Apple, Spotify, the job lots and here on episode 25 it's another revisit because in another two weeks i think yeah two weeks time uh, here in the uk we will be getting venom let there be carnage and i am very much looking forward to it a bit of a sucker for say superhero films marvel films anything dc as well um so i thought what i'd do is, is revisit the first one because this is uh that's well, what we do really on this podcast I like to go over some previous films and it always baffles me that this uh, that the first venom like kind of got well slated but hated already like even before the film came out people were already like just not really looking forward to it I would say I don't know it was a really strange time for this superhero film to come out say back in 2018 when it was released I just remember the build-up to it I remember the teaser trailer dropping for it and we got the little glimpse of Venom at the end and just as, as I say, the internet have always got something to say haven't they they've always like people on the internet just love Creating their own theories, creating their own plot points. And then, when those plot points don't happen, they start to kick off a massive force. And like we see it time and time again. And I think Venom really, really did kind of, you know, suffer from that. Um, I just, I, it surprised me so we're gonna we're just going to go over all of it anyways I kind of went on a, on a bit of a tangent there but we're going to cover all bases because this film was something that had been, you know, in the pipeline with Sony Studios for so long, like they were really, really wanting to get a, a Venom film, I think way back to the 90s they were trying to get one going because, you know, the toy sales for Spider-Man were massive, but Venom toy sales as well were just as big. So rightly so you know, the studios were like, we should really make a Venom film, You was a really popular character really, really popular, you know, in terms of as a villain as well you know the anti hero yeah it took a while for them to get going with this and of course we you know we're going to kind of cover all grounds of you know what they were planning originally because you know we got a little bit of what well we got Venom in Spider-Man 3 but <laughs> let's be honest that was just a bit bit atrocious um and then you know with the amazing spider-man films they were going to do what you know go off and do this the Sinister 6 film and then do another spin off of a Venom film which never happened because well it did happen eventually, but the the whole spin-off situation and and, and decisions that they, or, or rather, Cynthia May made Spider-Man 2 did so bad um, that the whole thing just got sacked off. Uh, and obviously Sony then famously merged with Disney, or at least signed a contract with Disney to to bring Spider-Man to the MCU. And that's where that story continued for Spider-Man, but Venom kind of just sat on the shelves, just, just waiting to be released. And it, I, I don't really know why this film was kind of slated so much. I mean, granted, I know it's not, the best film that that's ever been that's ever been released, but it's pretty enjoyable. Like it's pretty fun. Like I'm just gonna go out and say that I am not a hater of Venom. I think it's just does what it should do. Um, so the film itself obviously stars the fantastic Tom Hardy um, as Eddie Brock or Venom. Really love Tom Hardy. So we've already spoke about. Tom Hardy before and and his work, especially you know, going over like the the best superhero films. He's done some tremendous work, seeing the Dark Knight Rises and seeing him as as Eddie Brock is something that I personally wasn't expecting to. I would never put him in that casting, but. I think he does really well. So yeah, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock or, or, or Venom. We've got Annie Wayne as well as Michelle Williams, the the love interest, uh, Riz Ahmed as well as Carlton Drake. And uh, yeah, really, that's that's the main the main chunk of the cast there revolves around those. There's, there's also obviously uh, Reed Scott who plays Dan Lewis or Doctor Dan Lewis, which is the uh, the new partner of Anne Wayne. Um, and yeah, so there's there's more padding in there. There's some of the great cast members there. Jenny Slate as well is really good as Doctor Dora Skirth. But really, we're focusing on on the symbiote. And yeah, when, when like I mentioned just at the start there, when the trailer dropped for this and we saw, you know, I mean, for starters, people got a bit hot, you know, a bit bit annoyed that they were calling symbiotes. I think they were pronouncing it, or, or, or Jenny Slate's uh, Dr. Doris Skirth was pronouncing them symbiotes. <laughs> and people were like, what? And uh, so they, I think they went back and changed that, obviously, to reflect, well, correctly saying symbiote, really strange that they even were going to try and pull that one. But yeah, like I remember, just loads of people as soon as the trailer like dropped and we saw the last shot of I think it was actually it was the actual first official trailer rather than the teaser trailer. The teaser trailer we didn't really see any Venom. We just saw him like in the uh, you know the MRI, MRI scan and just he's just going obviously absolutely mental with with the yeah with the high frequency and we see a little bit of the symbiote black you know just kind of creeping up on his. On his neck, and that was it. But the actual first official trailer, sorry, we saw we do see Venom in in full force, and people were just then on the internet being like, "Oh yeah, Venom is going to be in this film for like ten minutes, if that." To the point, I think when people were saying so much that Tom Hardy then released like, it's like I don't know if he put on Twitter or on Instagram or something just to be like, "No, you are going to see Venom in this film. Like it's it's don't you know don't believe what you're hearing, what you're saying, what what people are saying online." Which, I mean, I do that on a on a regular basis. I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that most people do this because. I don't know where people get these facts from, or where people get these—you know—this, this, these pre. Well, they're just—they're just theories, aren't they? They're just constant theories. People, people see something in the trailer and think, "Well, this is probably going to happen." And and let's be honest, there's been a lot of that with "Let There Be Carnage." As soon as Carnage was announced, I think you know, again, people were a little bit, like, expecting the title to be you know reflecting of the comics of like Maximum Carnage or something like that. But I mean, if I'm being honest, "Let There Be Carnage" is a little bit of a strange one. Just because it sounds like a movie tagline, not a subtitle. So I don't know. That's that's my thoughts on that, anyways. But yeah, there was a lot of scrutiny. I think I remember at the time when I saw Venom for the first time at the cinema, I was. I think I tweeted something saying I enjoyed it. Just don't, don't go in like thinking you're going to hate it and you'll have a good time. Like I, I don't know where this these like where people were thinking like oh well I'm just gonna hate it regardless because that's how it felt um it did feel like a very like kind of 90s-esque film especially when you've got Eminem releasing the track Venom obviously uh for the film it was a very like it's not we don't see many many songs you know being released for films as much anymore yes songs will appear in film soundtracks but something like that where it was a very 90s thing to do you know like you know Will Smith was throwing them left right and center like Men in Black and, and such and I don't know. I remember Anastasia doing one for like the Fantastic Four. Chad Kroger doing one for for Spider Man. Um, what a song that is, by the way. Which speaking of songs, in terms of you know songs written for films, especially superhero films. Um, Chad Kroger, hero! Wow, my word! We need to get that playing. I mean, for all those Nickelback fans out there or Nickelback haters, they're thinking, "Nope, what's he talking about?" So just just wanted to touch on that because that is a great track. Um, so yeah, Venom, the track from Eminem, in you know for, for the release of this film was a very nineties thing to do, and this film does feel very nineties. The battle, the fight sequences between Riot and Venom at the end of the film, yes, they're very it's very blurry. The CGI is a little bit messy at times. I just think, like I say, if you if you if you if you want if you like a bit a bit of crazy, a bit of fun, a bit of I don't know, just a silly story, I guess in in some respect, then this film isn't you know it's it's one it's just one to enjoy. Like I, I what I liked about it is that it, it it did it did Venom justice for me. People might be sat there thinking, "What are you talking about?" Um, but I, I think that this isn't this is by far no no way the worst superhero film that we've ever. That we've ever received. There's been a ton of terrible ones, um, but Ruben Ruben who directed uh, Zombieland, uh, directed this one, and you can see like traits of like the humor elements of that coming over from Zombieland into Venom. Because I think that the dynamic between Venom and Eddie Brock is what we're here for. That is the the heart and soul of the story, and I and I, from what I hear, that is what continues. What's going to continue? Sorry, and Let There Be Carnage is this is this relationship, this love story between Eddie Brock and and Venom, but this film. I think one of the reasons why I think this film is 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 good is because it doesn't rush things. It's not like he gets a symbiote and Venom's in it in the first 10, 15 minutes. It's not like that. It's building that story. There is there is a story there. Like it's you know it's it, albeit it's a little bit a little bit daft. I mean you've got someone like Carlton Drake Riz Ahmed's Carlton Drake, who you know is trying to find life or at least yeah basically life on, on other planets and and trying to explore space. And eventually his 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 ultimate goal is that well these symbiotes then we can we can bond with them so they can obviously live here and we can live in space. And it's just a bit, it's like, I don't really, I don't, I mean, I don't know why, like he'd want to do that. It's like, where's the motive there? I mean, I get that, you know, there's the interview at the start, you know, towards the start of the film between Eddie Brock and and uh, and Carlton Drake where, you know, he's questioning like, or even going over his entire career and you know uh, Carl and Drake saying stuff like you know we've 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 looked on on earth you know we've found treatments in the sea and land you know different places so why can't we look into space and i i buy that i get that i do think fair enough okay that is a a a, 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 a push like a plausible argument for wanting to find something like a symbiote to then bond with it um, I just don't know how I feel about Riz Ahmed's Carlton Drake in this film because he's a very, very like two-dimensional villain in a way. Like I think that he's a fantastic actor. Like Riz Ahmed is just so, so good, and he and and you know for for the most part of this film, he really does stand his ground. He really does, you know, with that casting of like Eddie Brock and the other cast members in here, like Riz Ahmed does stand out, and he does like I say a, a very good performance. It's just that. You can all as as good as an actor as he is. He can only do so much with what he's got, and I think that is the problem with Venom. Is that the script isn't the best, especially for his character. Anywho, like I don't think that um, it's it's it by all means like the best villain we're ever going to see on screen. But he's just there to kind of you know push that story along. It's it's he's essentially the reason why the symbiote does arrive, or the symbiotes plural do arrive on Earth, and that's why we get this absolute carnage for the pun for better for for better pun but, you know, like, like I said, Riz Ahmed, fantastic actor. I just think that he's a little bit wasted in this. And it's interesting to know uh, or even to learn about the other actors that were kind of up there because I think Riz Ahmed is, like I said, great, great casting choice. But I think I was reading that, like, uh, Matt Smith, uh, obviously of Doctor Who, uh, who was also going to be starring in Last Night in Soho, a recent film, a new film coming out from Edgar Wright, which, again, I'm really looking forward to. But he was also considered to play Carlton Drake, as to uh, The Mandalorian's Pedro Pascal. Um, again, very interesting very interesting choices and you can kind of see what kind of character you know they were kind of looking for there because i think all of those actors including riz Ahmed are very similar like if if their portrayal would have been very similar you know this kind of like he's almost very creepy in a way but also very powerful like he's a a powerful being he's got you know he's got you know contacts and links to a lot of different places i say i think the 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 you know the journalist that Eddie Brock is that he reports to for the paper or for where it is that he's reporting to I think they've got ties as well with Carlton Drake I think there's a mention of that in the film but he's a very powerful figure and and you know there's little things that he says in the film Carlton Drake like there's a moment when he's talking to uh, Jenny Slate's doctor Dora Skirth about starting the human trials and she's like whoa we you know we can't do that just yet uh, and it's just a very simple line from him he's saying no this is for future generations you know you've got to think about you know the kids in fact how are your kids doing and it's this delivery of that line when it's, it's it's a threat but it's such a you know not like, not like a blasé threat but it's just like very very soft threat it's it's very strange. it's well, it's great performance it's just that one line and then she stops what she's saying to be like that you know she understands the threat because this guy is he is evil like he is willing to you know essentially kill a human for the basis of science, for seeing if this symbiote bonding would work. And obviously it takes a while before it does work, before it reaches Eddie Brock. And, you know, it's it's that kind of like bonding, the, the necessary bond between symbiote and human. It's like, a, they describe it as like, a, um, you know, an organ donor, if you will. So Eddie Brock needs Venom and Venom needs Eddie. And that's why it works. And, you know, it, it goes on from there. But it's just, it's a very, very, yeah, he's a very dark character when he wants to be, he's Carlton Drake. But at the same time, I think he's quite two-dimensional. And that is purely down to the script and it's, you know, I, I am sat here saying I like this film. Like I do, I do enjoy it. I think it's got some incredible moments in there, at least for me as like a fan service. Anyway, it's got some brilliant moments, but it's not like by any, by any means the best ever superhero film. I just think it's a really, really fun ride. Um, It's quite surprising that I've kind of gone straight in speaking about like Carlton Drake or Riz Ahmed's Carlton Drake and not really focused on like Eddie Brock. I mean, I mentioned obviously Tom Hardy's performance is is wonderful and is, is he gets that he nails it, but I think we should jump to that because obviously on, 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 you know, in one corner of the ring, we've got, obviously, Carlton Drake's Riz Ahmed, which then turns into Riot. And then on the other corner, we've got Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy, and, and and Venom. And like I said at the start of this podcast, I think getting Tom Hardy to play Eddie Brock was a fine bit of casting. I think, like, I would never have expected that. I mean, there's been so many different ideas of what they could do with the Venom film over the years and so many different actors and so many you know different plots that they were thinking of doing. And, and for the most part, I do believe that Sony have, you know, continued and, and, and pushed what they want to do with Venom. Um it, I just I just would never have expected you know Tom Hardy to be playing Eddie Brock. And I think that like I say he does such, such a good job. Not only does he obviously play Eddie Brock, but he actually voices Venom as well. Something that I think was just brilliant. Like the the interactions as well between Venom, obviously, although I, I prefer the moments when uh, when Eddie Brock doesn't really know what's going on and he can just hear this voice, you know, someone's being like, Food, <laughs> and he's just like oh, saying this, or you know, like even that moment when Eddie Brock first gets infected with the symbiote and he goes back home and he's just like Eating everything inside, and he goes into the bathroom, and that's when he first hears like Eddie, and he's just like <laughs> this, like this high pitched scream, and he falls back into the uh, into the bathtub. Like those moments of him understanding, or at least not not understanding, sorry, what's going on. They are like the humorous moments, the the infamous like fit, uh, the the lobster tanks uh, situation in the restaurant as well. Which, of course, if you didn't realize as well, listeners, that was improvised by Tom Hardy to, to do that. Um, those moments are just absolutely brilliant. Um, and and really like this film says it is Eddie Brock's story. Like he, you know, it's it's not a case of it being Venom's story. I would say that this is definitely the Eddie Brock show. Like it's he's starts off as the journalist that's doing pretty good. He's had to obviously move to San Francisco. Um, you know, he's doing all right. He's doing what he can, but he's he's always kind of you know, he's, he's not afraid to kind of stand up to the to the corrupts and to really report on those stories. And that's why he's so invested in Carlton Drake, because he knows he's got a hunch that this guy is pretty, you know, he's all bad, as he would say. Um And in, unfortunately, by, you know, by, you know, logging in and, and stealing data from uh, Michelle Williams' character, Anne Wayne, that's his fiance at the time, you know, he, he does find data that, you know, Carlton Drake is... Using tests and, and doing tests, sorry, on humans that is causing them to, to 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 be fatal, um, which then ends up in the the result of Eddie Brock losing his career and his relationship is also done, uh, with uh, Anne Wayne and yeah, we you know so we, we get to see Eddie Brock start at almost the top, and then end up with pretty much nothing. You know he can't get any jobs. He's just in the bar. He's having drinks. He's kind of like lost himself, and because of how, because of how that's happened, because of him falling down um that's why Venom is is so important or at least bonds with him and that's why they need each other there's there's that relationship there that that blossoms over this film and this is the film that is allowing us to have these sequels because if we'd have gone straight in with Venom and Carnage in the first film I, it wouldn't have worked for me like I think that it would have just been how can you establish a character like Venom And have another big villain in, you know, in in terms of comic history, comic lore, Carnage is up there as well. Like I think when Spider-Man 3 came out with Toad Maguire, everyone expected Spider-Man 4 or at least thinking that Carnage would pop up in a future Spider-Man film with Tobey Maguire. I know that they were going to go down the Vulture route with Spider-Man 4, but you know, there were already people talking at the end of Spider-Man 3 when when the, the symbiote gets destroyed by the goblin bomb. There's like a moment when one part of the symbiote falls on the floor and it's all red, and people are thinking that could be the birth of Carnage almost and it could pop up at maybe you know within Spider-Man 4, but alas that was never to be, but it's so exciting though that we are finally getting Carnage on the big screen in the sequel, but that's for a different day because we will be, of course, reviewing Let There Be Carnage on the podcast in future. But here I say we're revisiting the first Venom. And and yeah, like I I think that this film definitely, definitely does the does it the right way. You know, we established the characters, we establish Venom as well as a as, as as a symbiote, as an alien symbiote. And it, it now hopefully will allow us to have an even better film. For the sequel. I'm probably already, like I said, I have I have great expectations for the sequel and I think that at times can ruin a film because you've got so many expectations and, and therefore it can never, it'll never be or surpass those expectations of, of what you've got. But like I say, I think that by introducing like a, a symbiote like Riot in this for someone for Venom to, to battle against... It was the right thing to do. As I say, I think that this really was, you know, the film that it it should have been. Like, I I, I don't think anything else... Yeah, fair enough, the script could have been better. I think that they could have really gone into, you know, at least made it a bit tidier, you know, know, just not as messy at times, because... It really is. Uh, it's got some absolutely fantastic moments, and one of my favourite sequences is, is obviously like the the chase sequence where we first finally get to see Venom, because we don't see Venom in this film until pretty much I think it's just before the hour mark. Um, so you think about it in terms of storytelling and, and building this up and and laying those foundations for Venom to be as impactful as what he is in this film because you know we hear him before we see him like we know he's coming and and even when those guys burst into Eddie Brock's room we still don't see all of him until at that last moment when he's obviously on the floor after the bike crash but when he when they come into his apartment again not only do we have these fantastic fight sequences and this fact know, the great effects of you know the symbiote coming out it's it's literally like what you'd expect like you want that like fluidity of, of of the symbiote because I don't I mean I, I liked what Raimi did with the symbiote like I liked this weird like grappling effect and like all like kind of like a, a, attacking effect if you will that they did with the symbiote in the first one this whole like you know it clings on to the to the to the person that it's bonding with and you know it doesn't let go and and, and with and with this one it's like okay this is more of like you know it's more fluid, if you will, like the way that it moves. It's like it's it's definitely more more liquidy, if that makes sense. But I, I I liked what they did because then it allows us to do those things with Venom, where we can like you know have tentacles almost like flying out from Eddie Brock's body, and you know transforming his arm into a Venom hand to like hit the villain. That sequence in the apartment as well, like the first, that pretty much as soon as when when Eddie Brock is is infected with the symbiote Venom you know i love that sequence say, in the apartment when there's all all kicking off and he then has to like kind of you know escape from it then we get the first you know the first real sighting of venom well the first sighting of venom i should say um it's just it's just great it's my favorite sequence of the entire film and it just kind of goes on from there but there's also in that moment in that apartment when yeah like they, they burst in with the guns it's like oh, where's the symbiote and then you can hear venom talking to um, to Eddie Brock being like why are you putting your hands up like what are you doing like you're making us look really bad it's like I just I loved that and also with with the with these moments of you know Venom talking to Eddie Brock and and, and Tom Hardy you know being able to interact that while you know obviously obviously not actually you know there's no Venom there when they were filming it he recorded the lines for Venom and then I think he listened to them through in an earpiece and yeah that was how he was able to interact so well with something that's not even there like you know with these voices that he can hear in his head and um, genius and Tom Hardy I say is a fantastic fantastic um, actor and uh, I, I, I sometimes still can't believe that they got him and, and it's nice to know that he took this role because he wanted a film for his son to watch like his son's a massive fan Venom from what I understand and uh, Tom I didn't really know too much about the character but through the help of his son and understanding and, and learning you know more about the Venom and how to portray Eddie Brock and such like that's pretty much it's pretty much how he um how he how he got the role how he why, why he took the role so for his son to enjoy a film that he was in a uh, superhero film as well but also you know just to understand it more it was his son that was kind of helping him with tips and such so fair play fair play with that and I, I really do think that it's just a fantastic performance, really from. Uh, yeah, from uh, from Tom Hardy, and I can't really wait, really wait to see more of what he does. And fingers crossed, we get more of these films. Um, but we're not done just yet. I say talking about Venom because there's a lot. I say there's there's a lot of layers to it. There's there's it's, it's just a fun, a fun film really. Like I I don't really see how, you know, like I say when when all the hate kicked off about this film, I was like, hang on a minute. Like I've been to see it, and I thought that they did everything that the the first time we saw Venom. Like I can fully understand why people hated Tophet Grace's Venom because. I don't know, like, it was just definitely shoehorned into Spider-Man 3. Like, it really was. Like, the studio wanted Venom in, again, purely on the fact that Venom was the most popular, you know, villain or the antihero. Like, for me, growing up as a kid... The Amazing Spider-Man animated series, which is available on Disney Plus, And by lord, have I been re-watching lots of that. Um, you know, that for me was like was was my childhood. Like I loved watching those animated. I, I love watching animations, and you know, like I've already mentioned, I read some comics, if you will. Like, I loved the Spider-Man comics as a kid. Um, but like the animated series, you know, seeing Venom and the black suit and such, so being able to see that come to life um on Spider-Man 3, you know, it, it was exciting, but at the same time, it was a massive, massive letdown just because. It just wasn't Venom, as as really as bluntly as I could say. It was, you know, the 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 whole symbiote element of it wasn't, you know, we we didn't really get much of, you know, I don't know, because for me, like the, the I know the origin in the comics is that, you know, it's part of the Secret Wars invasion when Spider Man, you know, goes and gets his, his black suit and then it, you know, it, that turns out to be the symbiote. You know, the animated series series it crashes down on on obviously a, a spaceship with uh, J Jonah Jameson's son, um, which actually when I rewatched Venom, I never picked up on the fact that obviously we get the sequence at the beginning where the space shuttle does crash land on earth. And I love the fact that they did that because I believe that they were thinking about doing that in Spider-Man three, but because of time constraints and, and budgets, of course, they had to kind of leave it as very ambiguous as a meteor just lands, you know, on earth and the symbiote comes out of that. I mean, yeah, just so happens to land very close to Tobe McGuire and Kirsten Dunst, doesn't it there? But that's another story for another day. Um, so like when I rewatch Venom, sorry, when 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 the crash when the, when the space shuttle does crash, when Riz Ahmed's character uh, say when they're looking at the the feed from the crash and all the host, you know the police are there, you know ambulances are there and the you know people you know trying to see if anyone's alive, the scientists there getting the getting the symbiotes to make sure they're okay. Um, the the actual surviving the the lone survivor of the space shuttle, obviously the the astronaut, um, who's got the symbiote that then passes on passes it to the to the uh, to the ambulance driver um, that they say oh it's Jameson I was like hang on like whoa it's, it's is that Jameson's son? Are we actually getting a link there to J. Jonah Jameson? Like, obviously, I wasn't expecting, I don't have expectations of J. Jonah Jameson popping up in any of the Venom films, but it was just a nice little touch because that is how I remember it. Like, it's J. Jonah Jameson's son that is on the space shuttle, and then that crashes, and Spider Man goes to save them in, in the animated series. I think the, the the rhino is there to try and get something from the space shuttle, but Spider Man turns up, stops him, but he comes away with the symbiote. And I just liked that touch, the fact that they included Jameson. I, was, I just rewatched it, and I was like, why? I don't ever pick this up in the first place, so I really liked the fact that they managed to keep that in there. They they really went with the 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 space shuttle crashing because it really was something that was missing from um from the Spider Man three uh, adaptation of Venom. I thought that it was just a little bit like I don't know, very blase like about about it, like just just a little bit like oh yeah just get that land there and then we can leave it as it is and just give Spider-man the black suit from there really I don't know like but like I say the one thing I did like about the Spider-man 3 version of venom was this like weird aggressiveness around it like this this like I said the clutching like the almost attacking motion that it had I quite like that but I've got to say like the venom adaptation uh, from 2018 in, in the in the solo film just just wins it all around and, and and this is why i was really surprised when people were like oh my god like it's just it's gonna be terrible or people just just i don't know i almost feel like it's a film that has aged over time like in the last couple of years i do feel like that more people have been you know revisiting this film and really like enjoying it a lot more than they did the first time rounds maybe after the second one maybe people seeing the second one they're going to re-watch it and kind of i don't know just appreciate it more because like i say as a, as a film it's fun it's not terrible at all like I think there are those moments when you're like oh a bit cheesy and there's those moments of like sheer blurriness when you can't see anything like CGI wise you're like I literally don't know what just happened there but I'll go with it there are these moments though between Eddie Brock and Venom and that's the soul of the film isn't it like I've already mentioned at the start it's, it's that relationship between those guys that really keep us going that really keep us entertained the humor that's in there as well is fantastic so I don't know. Like I just think it's great, and of course we get She Venom as well. Like Anne and Way and Michelle Williams gets to, you know, become She Venom for that moment, which again peed people off. I don't understand just because the way that, the, the way that she gave the symbiote back to Venom. Uh, sorry, to Eddie Brock when she gave Venom back to Eddie. Obviously they have a bit of a smooch. It then obviously goes, you know, back on back into Eddie. And that's that, and it's I don't know why people kicked off a fuss about it. Like I remember seeing people screenshotting it all the time and being like, "This happened in Venom, da da da." And it's like I, I really don't know what you want to say because it, it it's not as if like it's just come out of nowhere. It's not as if we didn't meet Michelle Williams as character before, like the you know the half uh, the hour the hour and a half before. <laughs> like I don't know, like it was just so strange like why people picked up and and the fact that she Venom was in it I thought was awesome. Like I was like, "Yep," even though it's a brief cameo, I'm thinking we are probably going to see a little bit more of that if they're able to continue these films because i think obviously i've i've heard that venom 3 is green lit because they want to start to bring in spider-man and start to explore all that kind of you know the the spider verse in that in that sense so it'd be great to see eddie brock and venom uh, eddie brock and um and, and and peter parker on the on the screen again um tom hardy and and if well obviously tom holland as well if if to be but yeah really not sure why people kicked off about um about she venom and the kiss, but Michelle Williams is fantastic. I think she's brilliant in this. She's just got a very you know she is believable in that sense as well. Of you know her boyfriend or fiance rather has really done the dirty on it. Like she's full on betrayed that trust by going in her laptop to find you know this to get data of a case that she's working on about Carlton Drake and then to use it in an in, in, you know in an interview with him as well. Like really just like just well it ruined her career as well. So she got fired from it, and it's that sense of she you know just completely like cut cut him off but also when they do get back in touch it's still you know there's still that believable relationship of them having a previous relationship you know she doesn't want to you know kind of humor him like in any way when they first see each other and such but you know by helping you know by her by her you know fiance or at least well a boyfriend at the time Dr. Dan Lewis uh, played by Reed Scott by him helping Eddie as well we they get they get sucked into this world of you know venom if you will so Yeah, I I really, I mean, I will say that, yes, fair enough, the ending of this film is pretty, pretty, like, almost rushed the battle sequence between Riot and, and Venom, although it is at times, you know, it is quite entertaining. The way that they were fighting, I wasn't too much of a fan of this whole, like, the symbiotes fighting, and then you know, it was they were opening up, and you could see Riz Ahmed and Tom Hardy like throwing a few punches at each other as well, just because they looked so CGI like it's terrible. Um, that's the only thing that I really didn't like about the film. I didn't like Carlton Drake's like demise either, of obviously just being blown up in the rocket and such. So, there are moments, like I say, it's not that it's not like I'm sat here thinking or saying that this is such an amazing film, there's no flaws in it whatsoever. Trust there are definite flaws in this film I say. and, and the, the the it's towards the end it's essentially from when Riss Ahmed gets the symbiote himself I mean he's Riot that for me is when it starts to dip like I've said though the the fight sequence between Venom and Riot there are a couple of moments in there that are great it's a little bit too blurry though and it's a little bit just a um, bit of a mess bit of a rush uh, but I love the end really because we get to really see what we're going to be getting moving forward of this, this relationship, this security almost between Eddie Brock and this agreement of, you know, like only in bad guys and such. And that, you know, they're just, just almost just beans together that they're, they're, they're going to move forward and they're going to be able to hopefully, as I say, live together in, in, in some kind of harmony, which I know from the trailers we can see there's a bit of falling out coming with Venom Let There Be Carnage. But you know, I, I love the post-credit sequence. I even I'm a bit disappointed in a way that they didn't use the extended cut of this. If you've not seen the extended cut of the post-credit sequence with uh, Cletus Cassidy, um do go out on YouTube or something and check it if you've got the if you've got the Blu-ray or the DVD, I think it should be a bonus feature on there anyways. But that extended sequence of Cletus Cassidy going into more detail and more depth of just his sheer, just madness, and just, just talking about the things that he's done to these people is—you just like this. This guy is like on another level, crazy, um, and it really does make you uh, like look forward and have a little bit of excitement. Well, a lot more excitement, knowing that Carnage will be showing up in in the sequel. And obviously, that was before it was announced, and then when it was announced that it was going to be all you know, Carnage as the main villain it has me so excited, like so excited. I'm really glad as well that Woody Harrelson doesn't have to wear that ridiculous wig that he was wearing at the end of the first Venom because I I don't know what that, I mean, I know they wanted to kind of reflect the actual true comic representation of Cletus Cassidy, but it just looked a bit funny really on Woody Harrelson. And yeah, I, I really can't wait to see what, what Cletus Cassidy has in store for us in uh, in Venom, let there be carnage, because it it does seem like like I said, like the sequel is is I saw reviews at the time when Venom came out, and I've been rereading a lot of reviews of what people were saying about it when it first was released, and a lot of people were just saying that it's a it's a waste of Tom Hardy, which I think is a little bit unfair because you can tell he had fun with this. I th- I think it was great in in as Eddie Brock, and there were other reviews just saying that this film is essentially it, it's just a setup for a sequel. Yeah, I think it is. I think that it's not necessarily a bad thing for that. I think that we still get a good, you know, hour of forty-five, whatever it is, of of, of enjoyable an enjoyable film, a very fun fun film with a lot of just ridiculous craziness and and a lot of, and a fair amount of laughs. But I wouldn't say that it is a bad thing that it was pretty much trying to set up a sequel because we have to. We have to learn about these characters. We have to, we have to, you know, really, really be, you know, invested and want to see more of them. And, and for me, as a viewer and a fan of Venom and a fan of Spider Man, you know, universe and such, like I am, you know, I was looking forward to seeing more. And I didn't come away from this film thinking, "Oh, that was a big bag of crap." I, I enjoyed what I saw, anyways. I know that a, few, a vast amount weren't too impressed when it first came out, but hopefully, like I say, that by from what I've heard, I say people are going back and revisiting this film and not, not hating it as much because it's just fun it's just ridiculous crazy fun and i am looking forward to venom let there be carnage i just say i know that as you know that it's getting mixed reviews already like some people saying it's pretty good some people saying it's, it's better than the first one or at least it's you know marginally better than the first one or something like that um i am looking forward to it purely just for symbiote action i think it's going to be great um but yeah, I just wanted to do like a revisit of Venom just to go over some of the some of the things that I enjoyed about it. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's just a, just I don't know. It's just two nearly two hours of fun. Uh, I think at the time, why did I give it out of ten? I think I, I think I, I put somewhere that would give it seven out of ten, and I think that um, I think I'll stick with that. I still think I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad at all. I don't think it's nowhere near as bad as what people were making it out to be. But this was episode 25 of Joe Blogs About Films. I really do appreciate you guys listening to my revisit of Venom. In a few weeks' time, we will be talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And this weekend as well, you should be getting my reviews on a couple of films. Obviously, 007, No Time To Die, which I'm very excited for and also The Guilty, which is on Netflix, starring Jack Gyllenhaal. So I'm looking forward to catching those films this weekend. But let me know what you think about Venom. Uh, keep in touch, jump onto Facebook and search Joe Blogs About Films, give the page a like. Um, let me know what your thoughts are on Venom. If you're looking forward to Venom, let there be carnage. If you've already seen it, and don't spoil it, obviously, but if, you're, if you think it's better than the first one, then again, let me know. But yeah, episode 25 is done and dusted on Joe Blogs About Films on Venom. Thank you ever so much. Hope you've enjoyed.